Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show. Um, season one episode. What episode are we on now? Jeez. Episode 25. Wow. There we are. We're getting old. Getting old into our into our mid-twenties. Grown up. We really should be uh, getting more serious, you know, and we should not be um, drinking beer during the show. So thank you. Um, so yeah, Moa Brewing for me tonight. There we go. Um, for our, uh, is, is the beer. And I've, uh, I'll be honest, this is number two. I had a, a Boundary Road Brewery one earlier. I'm collecting empty cans, by the way. I'm wondering what I can do. Can I build something with empty cans of beer? So if you've got an idea of things you can build with empty cans of beer, let me know. That's a kind of side note. Um, Stephen's looking a bit horrified in the background there. I don't know what you could build with a whole lot of beer cans. I'm pretty sure you can come up with something. You should just Google it and it'll, it'll probably show you an array of things. I've tried YouTube yet. Okay, so, so my inspiration, by the way, folks, because you're thinking, Paul, where's this come from? Um, so Darwin have the beer can regatta every year where they make boats out of beer cans and then they race them. Um, and yeah, there are different uh, categories. Some of them uh, you're allowed a structure that you put your beer cans around and other ones that you basically are just beer cans. Um, and I thought, well, if you can make a boat out of beer cans, what else can you make out of beer cans, basically? So there you go. That's my, uh, that's my thinking behind all of that. Um, the uh, Driving Mall Show, by the way, comes to you at 8 p.m. every single um, uh, Tuesday. Uh, we're talking about the hot topics in rugby and also in empty beer cans um, <laughs> as well. Um, so the topics we've got to go through tonight. And when Bowie joins us, we'll have a chat, obviously, um, about um, the All Blacks versus the Pumas. Uh, Super Rugby um, have announced a new Trans-Tasman competition for 2021. Um, New Zealand Rugby. Uh, have announced the two people, two preferred partners uh, to expand Super Rugby to a 12-team competition in 2022. Um, and that has led to some legal action as well. Um, the Autumn Nations Cup had a game postponed due to COVID. Surprise, surprise. And they didn't know what to do about it. Um, so let's uh, talk about that. Um, and also in the Minor 10 Cup, we have semi-finals time this weekend um, with, with the Hawks Bay um, opening up for a free entry um, for their one. Now, is that a good thing or is that them not uh, really showing the um, 
the, the, the worth of a semi-final. Um, uh, we'll see. Interesting, interesting point there. That was that actually was brought up by Simon Hughes um, on the Facebook page when uh, when I sort of cross posted their thing. He said, "Hey, look, that just shows they're not actually they're not actually valuing uh, or seeing the value of a semi-final." So, yeah, a whole bunch of topics there for us to um, uh, to get through and to um, to discuss. And, and Aaron says that uh, we can maybe race them on the pond at the uh, Michael Savage, <laughs> Michael Joseph Savage Memorial. Um, I'm not sure who Michael Joseph Savage is, but there we go. So, Stephen's uh, shaking his head. So all these cultural jokes just just fly over my head. Being a uh, being, being, being a, re a recent um, immigrant to 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 this wonderful country that is uh, New Zealand. Aaron, Aaron could be onto something actually, Paul. We could uh, use your beer cans and maybe little build them into little multi hulls and have little yacht racing, you know, up at up at Michael Savage or Michael Joseph Savage Memorial, which is basically above the uh, America's Cup course, so we can have the, the mini regatta. Oh, we, oh, fantastic! I can be the yeah. British boat. You can be Team New Zealand, and we can do our own our own beer can beer can America's Cup. Brilliant! I'd have to go and find some lion red cans, um, <laughs> and then we could be lion New Zealand. There you go. <laughs> Oh wait! Well, hey, sponsorship, sponsorship, guys. Hey, if you want to sponsor the the, the new beer can America's Cup, um, obviously unofficial America's Cup, uh, then then please do get in touch. Obviously, um, thank you everyone who's joining us live. Um, you can join us live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Um, also, you can listen to us as a podcast. Um, you'll find us in all your favourite podcatchers: iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all those wonderful places. Um, and we have been joined by the Statsbert himself, um, Boa Athu. How are you doing, sir? Very well, 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 well. What did I say? The weekend of upsets. I didn't quite tip the Argentinian Pumas over the All Blacks. However, Northland Tanifa, four tries, bonus point, bang, big punch landed. I hope you guys took my tip. Ching ching. <laughs> In a word, no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm out of pocket. I, I did tell you guys, usually when I give out tips, based on scientific statistics and numbers. 95% of the time, it's what we call a confidence interval. Stats 101. It does land, and that's exactly what happened. And as I uh, alluded last week, the handling errors had really, you know, they've really cut down the handling errors. they worked out their patterns, and I think, you know, they've, they've really got the rhythm. So, well done to Northland Tanifa. Beautiful work. What can well, I say? I was going to say, guys, the most amazing stat to me that came out of the weekend was the number 33. Because on Sunday, three teams scored, scored 33, and it wasn't enough points to win you a game. Um, hey, no, it was. Oh, was it? Did somebody, did somebody win 33 by 33? I thought it was 33, 30, 32, the scores. Were they 33, 34, the scores? Could have Let been. I'm not 100% sure. But that was, that was random. I thought they were all the losing scores. I, I do apologise. I'll have to jump on. No, you could be, yeah, you, you, you could be right. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to bring up Trivap, and it's the one time it's slow is when you need it. Um, but there we go. Murphy's law. We'll, 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 we'll find out for you, folks, before the end of the show. Um, so, Boa, this um, All Blacks team who are going to beat um, Australia by uh, by handsomely 50 odd points comfortably, um, obviously didn't even bother thinking that the Pumas would get within uh, within shouting distance. Suddenly, have lost two back to back. Um, you. Know, to uh, accept that um, it is a transition period and there are some other decent sides out there now? Uh, that's part of the equation. By and large, if you do look at the stats, um, 
I don't know, the All Blacks were invisible. They were asleep. They looked like they didn't really want to be there. They're very lethargic. Um, and, you know, they, they just they just didn't show up. When when they decided to play a little bit of up-tempo footy, it was in the 74th minute, they, um, they just, just didn't turn up. They played in the wrong part of the field. And you have to say, Argentina were very, very strategic with their plan. What actually won them the game was, you know, All Blacks play this very predictable pattern where it's called 2-4-4-2. Two, four, four, two. So, every time they go to the edge, which is the uh, closest to the touchline, they only commit two numbers to the ruck. The Pumas were onto it and that is where they uh, got their, you know, good jackals straight over the, uh, uh, the breakdown. And they won, I think, seven penalties on that edge. And of course, you have to kick your goals, guys. You have to take your points. They got eight penalties. They took seven shots at goal. They converted six. And there's your game. So you have to, I think, the, the, this all black side, they really need to understand that sometimes winning test match footy, you have to do it the old fashioned way. Argentinians, by taking those shots at goal, they actually took out 23 minutes of ball live in place. That means everything just came to a standstill. They really slowed it down. So, um, you know, all credit to the Pumas. I think more than outplaying, they actually outthought the All Blacks. And to be fair, the All Blacks really didn't do themselves any favors. They, they were just flat. They were lethargic. And um, they deserved to actually lose by a lot more. That's a really good point you made there around about that 23 minutes to, of, of game time that just didn't happen or, or was spent watching a guy take kicks. Because one of the things that I think a bunch of us are expecting were the Argentinian bench wouldn't be as strong um, and that they would um, have uh, – basically, they would fade in that last um, that last sort of 10, 20 minutes due to uh, basically not having any game time recently and not being match fit. Um, but as you say, by taking 23 minutes of game time away, um, that, that way the, the, they could keep more of their starters on the pitch longer they didn't have to take as many substitutions uh, and they could last all the way to the end there. So, yeah, no, good, good point. I hadn't really kind of thought, of th thought through the impact of the time taken up with those kicks at goal uh, and how that might impact the, the, the on, on the fitness um, side of things. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's test match footy. You have to take the points on offer. It's it's pretty simple, you know. And the Argentines rightly, um, Arun makes a comment saying they were outcoached. Yeah, absolutely. They just knew where to spend their energy you know, most return on investment, which was on the edge. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, the, the the territorial, the tactical kicking game, none of the kicks which the All Blacks put up in there were actually contestable. The only time they actually contested it, uh, there was a knock-on. And it was there, was, there was a slight line break on the left flank. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's an alarming drift in form, but I think it's more upstairs than anything else. Um, I'm, I'm just sort of look. I'm, I'm hopeful that in a couple of weeks that this All Black side can turn this around, turn up, um, and you know, I think Coach Ian Foster might be fighting for his life, gentlemen. Yeah, not the only coach to be doing that. I mean, um, Wayne Pivak in for Wales uh, in a similar situation as well. Um, there, I think he's won one game, lost four or something in his opening six games, something like that. Oh, sorry, well, lost five, sorry, in his opening six games or so. Um, uh, if you exclude the Barbarians uh, game, I think. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so he's, uh, he's yeah, another coach that's had a, a tough uh, start of of, of it. Um, but what do you think about this coming week? Uh, uh, Stephen, any, any sort of, I mean, we, we talked for an hour 
about this game last night uh, on, on Sunday night doing the review show. Um, but any of those points that uh, Bella brought up that you were uh, that, that, that interest you? Yeah, no, <clears throat> listen, it's, it's spot on. And I think like the other night, we gave a, cre- a lot of credit to Argentina because mm. at times like this, this is all, all you can really do is sit back and marvel at, at their performance as opposed to critiquing what the All Blacks did wrong. I suppose if they if they had to look back at that game now, I suppose the first sign of madness is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. And they kept going down the one channel. And of course, the Argentinians, I think I read a stat there where they actually were either a 100% tackle rate or they might have missed one at the very end on, on Caleb Clark, which is an amazing stat. But boy, it's easy to make those tackles when guys are playing the same tactic throughout the whole 79 minutes of, of the game. You know, I think sometimes when you come up against a team where you are taking a bit of a, a, a pounding up front, I think you've got to look at the tactics that you're, you're using. And this is where your game drivers have really got to look at maybe, hey, let's do something different. We're actually going to kick down into their 22 and force them to play out of their 22 or their red zone. And we can give them a little bit of line speed, exactly what they're actually giving us. But I suspect, and not having seen the whole game, but seen highlights of what Argentina were doing, the All Blacks just kept going down the, the same channels. Even even everybody from Geordie Barrett to Bodie Barrett to Anton Leonard-Brown were all running direct. Really, guys? Seriously? Was that your game plan? Hey, good on the yeah, Argentinians. Uh, there's, here's another interesting stat. The All Blacks made four incursions to the Argentinian 22 in the entire game. So that's four Entries into the 22. They scored on three occasions. Once when Richie Maunga took the shot at goal just prior to halftime, which was the correct call. Yep. And they had a few opportunities like that. Uh, you know, uh, sort of midfield and the 40-meter mark. They should have taken the points. Instead, you know, they made a few mistakes. And, of course, uh, both tries were scored when they went into the 22. The last try, of course, in the 81st minute for Caleb Clark. But, again, the point I'm trying to make is, as Stephen rightly um alluded to. You have to play the game in the right part of the field. If you're only going to go to the opposition 22 just four times in, in 80 minutes and minus 23 minutes of stoppage plus all other uh, uh, you know uh, injuries and you know when the referee was explaining uh, you know what's going on and all the, the, the arguing and all the argy-bargy, you actually, you know, you're not doing yourself any favors. So it was really not very clever rugby from the All Blacks. And I think the Argentinians were onto it. And, you know, they, they played brilliant test footy. They played the clock. They played the ref. Uh, you, you saw some real emotion come out. And I, I, I hate to say it, guys, but I saw shades of that uh, semi-final loss to England where when the All Blacks were in a bit of a hole, they just couldn't know where to find a shower to dig themselves out of it. Instead, they were just floundering and it just kept sinking deeper, deeper and deeper. Boy, just a quick question for you. Were the All Blacks guilty of sticking to their processes and sticking with the same game plan as opposed to changing it up. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, as I said, they played this very predictable 2-4-4-2. Um, and, you know, a couple of times they got turned over brilliantly. And there was, there was one goal, I have to say, it was quite marginal, where um, I think it was the Argentinian captain. He he lost his shape. He, he, uh, he put his hands on the deck and he quickly played the ball. Um, it, was, it was a crucial play. But the point I'm trying to make is absolutely, they just kept going through that. So rather than play the same shape, they should have changed it. They should have looked at uh, kicking better offhand. 
uh, playing the territorial game. And of course, you know, um, if if the if the tries aren't coming, you have to take your shots at goal or look for uh, the the drop goal, get some points. We just look really um, brain dead for ideas of getting points, and we just look panic. Our body language was out. Um, and I, I have to say, guys, the um, the level of energy, the enthusiasm, uh, it just just lacked it, which was really, really strange. Yeah. And uh, that's that's probably the that's probably been the biggest sticking point and the biggest backlash. Yeah, a little bit, of, little bit of credit so, to Argentina. Argentina. They credit a lot of as Michael Tuilonga said in the chat at the end of the day. It was more the Argentinians winning this game. Than what than probably the All Blacks' mistakes because they have they forced the All Blacks into into errors and also forced this young side into into panic. So at the end of the day, they take all the credit in, in my book. Yeah, from from a coaching point of view, guys, it's what I call the sandpaper and the silk. I think we were focusing too much on the silk without doing the sandpaper, the abrasive, you know, the the rough and tough stuff up front. And what the Argentinians did was they sensed this and they really took it to the All Blacks. And I think we came off maybe third, fourth best. And Argentinians just, they're pretty much handed our backside to us. Oh, look, so, yeah, as you say, so, solid tackling in the middle, knowing that there wouldn't be players um, being committed at the, at, the, at the fringes in the rucks and therefore uh, on, on, the, on the wide rucks and therefore knowing when to go for the ball and when not to. Great play, good, good coaching. Congratulations to Argentina. Fully deserved the win. So, question, um, so where does this now leave the rugby championship? Who is, who is now favourite? I reckon we'll, we'll be able to answer that on Saturday night, Paul. <laughs> well, if, if the Argentinians can back this performance up, and history says that you know they've always had issues with consistency. However, however, this shines a spotlight on our friends from South Africa because what was the argument? You need 400 minutes of uh, first-class rugby to be playing test footy. That was just made an absolute mockery of. Um, and I don't think anyone in the wildest dreams would expect that Argentina to turn up in this fashion um, and deal to the All Blacks who've been playing um, some, you know, a, a lot of competitive footy. So um, this this really shines a spotlight on all this post-COVID, uh, you know, lockdown preparation and what's the best method. You know, do you overcoach the guys? Do you, do, do you flood them with all this... Uh, conditioning and fitness. So I'd be really interested to see what Argentina have been doing in camp, purely from a coaching point of view, bottle it up um, and use it for the future. Bottle up and sell it, absolutely. Now, but to, yeah, but to go back to that, uh, as to who is favourites for the for the rugby championship, boys, both of you avoided answering the question. Pumas, no question. If they can back it up, 100%. I think Pumas all the way. Uh, in theory, they will get better. So let's hope that is the case. If they bring this same performance against the Wallabies, they will absolutely smoke the Wallabies. They will blow them out of the park. And if they get even better, boy, the All Blacks have a major, major hurdle uh, lying in waiting in two weeks. And if that does happen, I think the Pumas will uh, beat the All Blacks twice in one season. Well, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go Australia. I don't know if Argentina can back this performance up again. And I think it's a huge... Uh, with two games to go against Argentina, Australia, I think it's a, an opportunity to get a, a bit of a leg up over everybody, especially after beating New Zealand uh, last week. I, I put, and being at home as well, I think they'll gain a, gain a bit of confidence out of that. They're in the perfect place. One thing I do want to say, guys, just about the New Zealand media, which really annoys me. A lot of people coming out of the woodwork saying, oh, 
shame on this all black, all black current all black team, first team to lose to Argentina. Then they trekked back over a team that lost to lost to Ireland a couple of seasons back in Chicago and again in in Dublin. You know what? It's just the evolution of the game, and some teams in the professional era are getting better and better. And the the reality is, even a team like the All Blacks, if you are off your game or you're not up for your game, you're going to get knocked over. Good grief! We saw Ireland <clears throat> knock over both Scotland and um, <clears throat> Scotland and Ireland at the Rugby World Cup previously. South Africa as well. This is going to happen as long as those <clears throat> smaller nations improve. Um, that's what you're going to get. I mean, I say I love the day when the likes of Samoa and, and, and Tonga would would either knock over a New Zealand or an Australia. We know that Samoa has knocked over Australia in the past, but it can only be good for the game. It's great that it is, it is more competitive. And one of the cool things that um, was mentioned here, someone said, is this the biggest day for Argentina rugby? The answer was no. Coming third at the, 2003, at the 2007 Rugby World Cup, that was the biggest achievement for, for Argentina rugby. This wasn't. So um, it's good that, they've, they've, that, this is, that they've kept this in perspective um, and it's something that, that, that potentially they could back up. To, but to back up four weekends on the trot, I think there's a real big, heart, big ask here for Argentina. Both, to, both New Zealand get a break between their games and Australia do. Um, and so I think, yeah, at the moment, Australia probably are slight favourites, but boy, oh boy, it's tight and go anyway um, at the moment in the, in the, uh, the Tri-Nations. Yeah, gentlemen, look, the reason why I, I am going towards Argentina is because purely uh, based on their performance last week, uh, based on the science, quote, science of lockdown training methods, and, and trust me, you know, I've been I've been doing a lot of reading around this for the last four months. Um, they just they just threw that you know that textbook right out of the window. Um, and and also the player base, you have to you have to admire that the Argentinians are using uh, the same bunch of players at their disposal. And if you look at what Dave Rennie is doing, uh, they've, they've, you know, he's, he's got one of the, uh, uh, I think it was Wuniwal, the, uh, Melbourne Storm recruit. He's been, well, he's, he's actually from St. Kent's, isn't he? So the, the whole St. Kent's connection to him really well for the Wallabies. Um, you know, he's been brought into, uh, that camp. So that tells me that Rennie is, pursuing a certain style of coaching and a, a certain type of strategy in recruitment. Whereas if you look at what Ledesma and the Argentinians are doing, they've, uh, you know, they've had an extremely tough time this year, gentlemen. You know, they were one of the worst hit nations with COVID-19. And how on earth they managed this is just incredible. So for that very reason, I like the unorthodoxity and the um, unpredictability of this Argentinian side. And if based on run-on form, all they have to do is replicate this three weeks back-to-back-to-back. Back back. Now, that's easier said than done. But based, <laughs> but, but based on what we are seeing, given that they've come up fresh up after 402 days of test rugby, maybe this is the formula. Um, you play lockdown test-level footy. I, I think there's a couple of things. There. One is, I mean, Mario Desma has is, got... Um, it's He's the only coach that's that's still here from last year. So so he's not starting from fresh. He's building on what he had last year as well. Um, the, the Argentinians are used to uh, dealing with adversity. They, don't, they, they very rarely get the perfect run-up to any game ever. Um, so look, it's, 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 but it, it's all been good uh, from them. And, they, and as you say, they, they, they've, they've handled it very well uh, in this, um, this, this lockdown. I'm just concerned that four weeks of Test Rugby back-to-back is a bit too much for any team, not just the Argentinians. 
I was going to move on, but Steve, one last thing before we move on then. Yeah, just, just something to, to actually think about it. We we know that these Argentinians can can stay in the fight, and we actually saw that with the Hagawares in the uh, Super Rugby final against the Crusaders. If you think back to that game, that was only little things. Every little opportunity, the bounce of the ball didn't go their, their way. They stayed in, the, in that particular fight. And if we think back to the, that game, and I think Mario, Mario Ledesma was the, the coach of that side before he went to take on the... Uh, the Argentinian national side, they these guys know how to stay in a fight and a scrap. And I think, like you say, their, their win at, or oh, coming third at, at a previous World Cup, the biggest in their history. I'll tell you what, this result will just be a little, a little, will basically be a little mental block that they get rid of whenever they play the All Blacks again, knowingly that, yeah, we've beaten these guys before. We can beat them again. One, one last note, gentlemen. The Wallabies have publicly come out and said they're going to be very physical against the Argentinians this weekend. Given that they have some suspect or suspicious tackle techniques in the camp, don't be surprised if we see some cards coming out. So that might be a bit of an equaliser there as well. True. Well, um, looking looking forward to it this um, this coming weekend. Also, this coming weekend, we have the Minor 10 Cup semi-finals um, coming up um, with uh, Auckland hosting Waikato. Uh, myself and Stephen will be at um, at that game at Eden Park. So look out for our coverage on the New Zealand Sports Radio Facebook page. Um, before that, on the Friday night, there is Otago versus Northland um, down in Nelson. Um, so not down in Nelson, what are you talking about? Down in Dunedin. Um, <clears throat> after the um, Auckland-Waikato game, there will be uh, Hawke's Bay um, versus Taranaki. Now that game has been opened up as being free. So there are no tickets on sale for that game. Um, Simon put a good, uh, Simon Hughes, uh, regular listener, uh, put a good comment on my Facebook page saying that, look, this actually shows the teams or shows the lack of worth um, from a financial point of view um, for of making the semifinals. In most sports, they budget not to make the semifinals and the semifinals is their big sort of money day that, that gives them the big windfall money um uh, is that some so is is this actually a is, is this a bad a bad sign for my Sen cup rugby that they have to give away free tickets for the semi-finals um and it's not a payday paul i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna jump in there i think um hawks bay as a union have done reasonably well if you if you think about it they've had some good home crowns with a, with a couple of shield shield matches they've probably done better than some of the other unions and of course we only have to think back uh, a week ago when that horrendous flood um, that they had 24 hours of, of rain after the Wellington game, I think it was. And listen, a lot of that low-lying area was absolutely flooded. So I personally, I think this is just a gesture from the Hawke's Bay Rugby Union of giving something back to their public down in Napier who's been gone through a hard time. I don't know if it's actually a sign of um, some sort of a financial issue. I'm, I'm expecting Hawks Bay to be far too good for Taranaki on, on the weekend, given that Taranaki's taken a few hits in terms of injuries. But I think at the final, I don't, I don't know if they'll be so generous again. I think they'll probably have to for that for that final. But that's my take on it. So I mean, last year, for example, Bay of Plenty also uh, had a free semi-final and then charged for the final. Um, we've seen the free final at Auckland uh, at Eden Park a couple of years back as well. Um, it's not so much. I wasn't so 
suggest talking about um, Hawke's Bay financial, but the sort of the weakness of the fin- weakness of the financial pull of the minor ten cup, I guess. Um, and that it was it was, it was, just, it was an interesting different take on it, um, Boa, than, than necessarily than than everyone just saying yeah, it's a great thing. Yeah, look, I'm 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 actually firmly with Stephen on it. I think it's more a, a more the more goodwill gesture, more public relations um, exercise for most of these teams. Um, and you know, if in, in in the perfect world, if we had sponsors to underwrite all tickets in all games, ideally you'd want to have a have an open door and get as many people in there as you can, because that's that's the easiest way to um, you know promote the game, get more punters in. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely with Stephen. I don't think that um, they're going to be this generous every game. Uh, they just, just want to make sure that you know they get the best possible turnout for the semi-final. Tick that box, go into the final, and maybe who knows? They might double the ticket price and make up for lost revenue. They they can't afford that. I, Aaron said, "Look, yeah, a season ago, Auckland Rugby did the free entry in Park for the final. Yet they did. It was a huge success." It was a great day, yes, but did it uh, did it lead to more people being interested in rugby, more people actually turning up to, to the My Ten Cup games the following year? Not so sure. Yeah, I think we we, we you know that's up to the unions. They, they probably need to follow it up with some proper research, um, and you know it'd be interesting to see what kind of data comes out of it. But uh, just want to uh, back up what Arun says. Yeah, blue and white hoops all the way. I think uh, Auckland. <laughs> They're looking good. They're looking very, very good. One of my um, was my top pick right at the top of the season to go all the way. So there you go. And then the final one is Tasman versus Play of Plenty, um, and that is a double header with the uh, Black Ferns versus the New Zealand Barbarians um, beforehand uh, for that one um, down there. And that one is in Nelson. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, so unfortunately, yeah, with, with only one of them being in the upper north, upper half of North Island. We'll only be making one of them um, this weekend. Uh, but I do have some good news um, around media access, and I'll be putting that on my Pulling Back the Curtains post that will go out this Friday. So if you are a supporter of um, New Zealand Sports Radio, and you can do that by going to, to nzsportradio.com, um, then you can um, become a uh, – then you'll find out what that uh, special uh, media access news is that I've got coming up um, over in the next couple of weeks. So that's uh, um, a little teaser for you for that post there. And Stephen, don't give it away. <laughs> Paul, no, 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 not at all, Paul. I'm, I'm actually, um, listen, I just had, uh, I don't even know if it's an epiphany, but I'm just, um, I'm looking at, with the, the championship semifinals coming up this weekend, I'm looking at those two jerseys that you've got sitting behind you, mate. Is this a sign? It, I think it's a sign. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's it's a sign. You've got the, the Taranaki jersey there and you've got the Northland Tanifa jersey on the, to the to the right of you, or your left, I should say. Um, but I do believe that the Northern Rugby Union has already uplifted the goalposts out of seven on the stadium. So they might have to take a final, a proposed final back to Kaikaui again. So um, No, 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 no. No, because look, Taranaki finished ahead of um, Northland, right? No, no, they so- didn't. Oh, they didn't. They know you're right. They didn't know. It'd be that's true. Northland, that's sorry. Yeah, yeah. Northland, I'm, I'm Northland, Northland finished ahead of Taranaki. That would be just something out of the out of a different world. I mean, it's like you're probably more or less looking at at Hawks Bay as one of the finals. But I do believe I'm going to ask Boa, are Northland a chance against Otago? 
I think so, definitely. Um, upward trend, as I said, one of the key statistics is the handling errors. And if you see where they make most of their meters is on the edge. Uh, so they've they've actually figured out that the lesser contact they go into, the it's more silk, lesser sandpaper, the right amount of sandpaper, and more silk, and that's what's winning them the game. So um, I'm gonna go again. I'm gonna go Tanifar to score four tries, one <laughs> last nail in the coffin. Otago, bang, you're going down. <laughs> Mike, Michael Tui, Michael Tui, Loma reckons it'll be a poo right there. <laughs> oh, you might be pushing it there a bit. Uh... But Michael, but that's it. I'm, I'm done. I'm going to. The, I'm off to the TAB. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yes. And, and, and yeah, I, you have to I, say, you know, this. You, you, whatever you do, you have to do it responsibly. I have to say that as well. Okay? And, and I'll tell you what; those stats were very interesting. Let's hope that George Cunia and Tui Rayleigh are watching this show this evening. This is where you get all the real stuff. Attack the edge, guys! Attack the edge. Make sure that you you flood the short side. And get numbers, quick hands, bang. That's where your tries come from. And that is what the Tanifa are doing really, really well. They've figured it out. So I think they'll be onto it. And um, I'm just I'm just really excited for Northland and I'm looking forward to it. Because they do play some fantastic rugby when they're really on song. Cool. Well, um, moving on then to the um, Super Rugby. And we've had a whole bunch of announcements in the last couple of days, which is um, um, around this. So first off, um, it suddenly looks like that um, the whole bro love between uh, rugby Australia and New Zealand rugby is back on, um, and we do, and we have um, Super Rugby Trans Tasman um, happening in 2021. Um, so for those of you that have not been keeping up, the new structure for Super Rugby next year is that we'll have Super Rugby Aotearoa and Super Rugby AU happening concurrently. Um, so they'll have the so for New Zealand it'll be similar to this year with the addition of a, a um, of a final between the first and second. Australia will start one week earlier because they will have the final playoff between two second and third, and then a final between whoever wins that and the top place. So their their competition will take one week longer, but we'll both finish um, on the um, uh, uh, on on the same date. Uh, and then after that, we will move into then what is uh, Super Rugby Trans-Tasman. Um, now, uh, what it looks like they're going to do, and obviously who knows what um, is, is, is going to happen, um, is that the each, each uh, is, is that basically they'll, they'll forget all the results from the first competitions and start afresh. Uh, and the New Zealand sides will play each of the Australian sides, two at home, two away. Oh, sorry, no, two, oh, sorry, there's five teams to play, aren't there? What am I talking about? So... Um, Either two or three at home, and then uh, two or three away. Oh, no, sorry, it's two at home, two away, and then one at a. They're having a super weekend on the middle weekend, or having all four games at one location, all five games at one location. Um, so there's going to be a super weekend in one place. Um, so everyone gets two home games, and then uh, the talk is that it's going to be up um, in um, uh, Queensland in Darwin. Uh, so in the, so the Reds will have five home five games hosted there that weekend, um, but we'll have to wait and see uh, for a proper announcement on that one. Um, and then the top two into a final. Now, would you have included the um, Super Rugby AU and Super Rugby Altero results as well, boys? Or would you? Or, or do you think it's right to hold it as a totally separate competition? Oh? Well, I, for one, was... Uh, I mean, from, from a from, peer, from a rugby point of view, um, I think Super Rugby Altero by itself was just fantastic. The whole commingling is obviously for the TV money and you know commercial reasoning. 
I would actually treat the results separately. But, you know, that's just my take on it. Um, but interestingly, there was more viewers of Super Rugby Aotearoa across the ditch in Australia. Um, obviously, you know, numbers. Um, so I think uh, the, the whole co-mingling going forward and taking points from your respective competition and mixing together will probably appeal to, to, to a wider audience. Uh, but my preference is, you know, just keep it separate. Because um, I guess my, my, my point here is that the, the, the New Zealand sides will only play Australian sides and the Australian sides only play New Zealand sides. So uh, it's kind of like um, you could end up with the Hurricanes having one or five of their games and the Crusaders also having one or five of their games being at the top of the table. Stephen, a bit, a bit of a strange one, having not, not playing each other, not being able to beat your uh, opposition. Yeah, it is a little, but listen, I think I think the good thing about it, we've been pleasantly surprised by the Australian national team. Yeah, they took a uh, they took one real pounding in, in that game at home, and of course at Eden Park, it was a game that the All Blacks had to win hard to win. But I, I just wonder if they might be just winning their their rugby public back over at the minute, you know, just the fact that the national team is, I think Australian rugby is one of those kind of, one of those countries that I think if their national team is doing well, I think there's a bit of enthusiasm about the game. So uh, listen, I'm, I'm, my thoughts are very similar to Boy. Yeah, I think, sorry, you know, just building on what Stephen is saying, I, I mean, I think the All Blacks really need to learn a lesson, uh, you know, with, with, you know, there's a reason, gentlemen, why statistical patterns return. You know, once a year, um, it's it's usually in Brisbane. Last year it was in Perth. Um, you know, the All Blacks, they, they, they come up with this experimental side where they weaken their team and they give caps for the sake of it. They make wholesale changes and then they're going to lose this. And then all of a sudden, the, the entire country, the media, the knives come out and the pressure is on. And then for whatever reason... We get a home game. This this year didn't happen. Um, and then, you know, we bring our full strength side and absolutely pound them into the oblivion. So next year, hopefully we avoid this annual sort of drifting form because we experiment and tinker with the side too much. Um, hopefully these, uh, you know, the coaches and selectors learn from it um, and we keep the momentum going forward. And this is, uh, you know, this is really critical because all... The, the all New Zealand rugby are doing is actually uh, assisting the Wallabies and uh, keeping the Wallabies fans afloat uh, by giving them literally uh, a you know a, a really good opportunity to win. So um, it's 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 a kind of a double edged sword. Um, rightly so, Stephen pointing out that you know when the Wallabies are doing well, everyone you know all these casuals and all, all the bandwagon jumpers are there. Um, but that's that is essential in the modern day, in the modern. Um, economy of rugby for uh, short-term as well as long-term uh, financial survival. New Zealand needs Australia um, for uh, going forward uh, to, to survive as, as, as and so yeah we do want we, we would the last thing in the world we want to see is Australia actually going under so that, so, so yeah um, the uh, so overall I like I like this I like this this idea uh, I just hope it's not too one-sided, um, and uh, that, uh, uh, that that we end up with it, with 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 a uh, with, with a good competition. Because uh, as as Aaron mentioned higher up, um, where you've got close games uh, and you don't know who's going to win, that's what makes a good competition. 
So um, that's ho hopefully we see that going forward. It also looks like it's probably going to be a one-off, guys. We're probably not going to see it again in 20, uh, 2022. Um, so whoever wins that trophy will get to keep it forever. Um, and uh, it looks like the uh, the Super Rugby Aotearoa trophy will get uh, one more run before it uh, before it goes into someone's cupboard uh, for a long time. Yeah, well. guys, uh, also one, one thing I want to say is if you look at Super Rugby, you know, you go right back from the... You know, the Super 8, the Super 10, and how it evolved. You know, uh, in my personal opinion, the two competitions that really stood up was when it was the Super 12 and also Super Rugby Aotearoa. Um, and the reason is everyone played each other, be it home and away. Home, sorry, home or away. Um, and that meant that the teams who really deserved to make it to the playoffs were there because they played each other, they got the points, and they progressed. And I think that the fans really bought into it. Um, and also, the, the, it was the right amount of rugby which was being played. There wasn't too much rugby being played. And then, you know, all of a sudden, the last few years, we had all these conference systems. And, you know, we had New Zealand sides who had more points not qualifying for the playoffs. Whereas, you know, teams from South Africa and Australia who had lesser points were leading their respective conference. So, yeah, there's all that mishmash and experimenting which really went wrong. Um, so, hopefully, um, one more run with Super Rugby Aotearoa. And um, who knows, maybe, maybe just it might survive a little bit longer. The, um, yeah, I, I'm going to just, just see, I, I think that, look, a co conference systems can work and can be fine. Uh, and yes, in a conference system, you can end up having more points than someone else and, and not going through. And that's fine. The problem with Super Rugby was, A, they started off with a complicated um, conference system where you had three sides coming into the finals from the South African conferences and five from the Australasian conferences. And it was just very difficult um, to, uh, for, for people to, um, under, to, to understand how that all hung together. If you look at the way that so they do it in the States, you end up with a, an Eastern conference and a Western conference, and you come up with a champion who plays the other champion. And I think that's the way to take it forward. It would have been, uh, and uh, conferences can work, but this mix, but but make it two teams, then have this grand final between both sides, um, is the way to do it. Uh, there's a quick answer for you, that man who is uh, in the uh, live chat. So yes, I am having a nice beer. Thank you. Um, the um, but um, the uh, so yes, so it's um, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with conferences per se. I think the way they put it in uh, and the way they communicated it was an absolute disaster. Um, but so but yeah. But talking of Super Rugby 15, sorry, so Super Rugby 12, um, is that um, we, we, it looks like we're heading back that way in 2022. And uh, New Zealand Rugby has announced their two preferred partners. Now, considering Super Rugby uh, in 2022 is supposed to be a joint thing between Australia and New Zealand, it's interesting that New Zealand have announced who the partners are. Um, and uh, Australia doesn't seem to have had any say or doesn't seem to have uh, much say in it, which is kind of an interesting side note. Um, to it, and I hope that that, uh, that that doesn't cause another another falling out between them. But um, the two sides that they've that they've decided to, uh, uh, to that, that are the um, uh, what do you call it uh, the, the preferred um, people are Fiji Rugby Union, um, with the uh, suggestion that the uh, Fiji Drua could be uh, could be the the brand or the team they use uh, in Super Rugby with the NRC looking like it has uh, um, has died a death and will not be coming back next year. The Fiji Drew currently do not have a home 
and obviously haven't played this year. Um, uh, and then the other one is um, the uh, Manoa Pacifica, who are rumoured to be playing out of Mount Smart in South Auckland. But um, uh, Rugby Australia said they would like the Pacifica team to be playing out of West Sydney. So interesting there um, for both of those as, as to where that where they might land up. It does mean that the China Lions um, and the Asia Dragons have both missed out um, at the moment, um, as have Kanaloha Pacifica, who have then gone and le launched legal proceedings against uh, New Zealand rugby. Um, yeah, not a good move launching legal proceedings by Kanaloha rugby, I don't, um, I don't, I don't think, because, um, yeah, they, they left, although there was, they, they left uh, uh, Major League Rugby where they were where they supposedly had a had a uh, uh, terms of agreement and a bit of a, with, and, and threw their toys out the pram then, um, and it looks like they're throwing their toys out the pram again. Boa, not not uh, not the best way to make friends and influence people, eh? Yeah, look. To be honest, it's it's been very it's been confusing. It's been very confusing. Move from move from move to move, uh, and rightly so. You point out, you know, throwing their toys out of the uh, court. Um, and more than anything else, uh, you know, these uh, professional franchises, they need to be able to sustain themselves financially and be viable. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's a bit of a little asterisk next to Kanaloa. But really, really uh, excited about the Fiji and Drua. I think, uh, uh, you, who knows, they could probably write a similar success story to the um, Hawares and now the Pumas, if they can create a similar setup where they can transfer most of those players and form into their test setup where they get some more run on time. Um, yeah, and I think, um, you know, it's 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 overdue because, you know, the Fijian rugby influence is, you know, tremendous on test footy as we speak because, you know, some, some most of the key players are, uh, you know, of Fijian origin, of Fijian birth, uh, Fijian parents, playing in most of the top teams. So, uh, you know, long overdue, really, really happy. Couldn't, couldn't be happier. Very excited. And, of course, um, you know, the, the the current Fijian Test the 15 side, they've, they've put together very impressive uh, brains trust and um, coaching staff, John McKee. And, of course, the former New Zealand rugby referee, Glenn Jackson, is part of it as well. Um, and someone I do uh, a lot of talking with, uh, the former Scottish international, uh, the uh, I keep forgetting his name, Aaron. He um, he's 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 a defense coach who is actually spearheading the uh, new tackle and contact syllabus for World Rugby, which will be uh, launched next year. So lots of good things happening in Fiji rugby, and I think fantastic positive signs for them. The, yeah, it's um, the, the the sorry, um, folks. I, I keep using myself because of cars driving past. So I'm hoping to, but I keep forgetting to put it back on when I start talking. Um, but um, yes, yeah, I mean the the only um, dark cloud for Fiji at the moment, really. Well, a couple of dark clouds, really. One, um, let's most the history of uh, of administration uh, has been poor. Um, so um, so hopefully uh, that that's. Uh, that 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 piece has been tidied up. Um, let's be honest; it's not that long ago that we had um, elections um, for World Rugby, and um, one of the um, one of the uh, Fijian 
uh, or the Fijian candidate there um, was stood had to, um, was pulled out after his um, after some some very uh, um, disturbing reports around how he runs the prison service over there in Fiji. You've got to say that still having the political uh, involvement with that is, is has got to be an issue. Uh, Aaron says the, the Fiji money will come through Chinese funding, um, so no problems. The other to be other money is a question mark. Um, and again, I guess then there's a question mark there. Again, is what's uh, what are the Chinese expecting in response for that money? Um, uh, and uh, if that doesn't happen, will that money dry up? Um, or, and what um, what other situ what what other uh, things are rugby getting themselves involved with? Uh, by having that kind of uh, by having that kind of money now, Chinese money in a Chinese team, I understand. Chinese money coming through another team, country's team, um, that that um, it's not it's not necessarily Chinese money per se, but kind of why and where it's being spent. Um, so some some uh, some so so yeah, some interesting things to, to to wait and see there. The other dark mark is that unfortunately they've had to the, the game against France last weekend was um, was cancelled. Um, the Fijian team seems to be continually getting um, COVID cases. Um, five COVID cases this time, including Sami Radrada, um, apparently uh, was why that um, that game um, got cancelled. Um, on a very quick side note on that, I'll come back to what we're talking about, um, is how can you set up an Autumn Nations Cup um, and not have a rule in place for what you're going to do if a game gets postponed or cancelled due to COVID? Just nuts. So quite how the points tables worked, who knows? They're going to make it up as they go along. Um, but anyway... That's a total side note. We'll come back to uh, this. Um, uh, Stephen, you're, look, you're looking. Uh... Uh, Paul, I've just got a, just got a thought. Western Force are part of the uh, the Australian Conference next year. Where does this? Obviously, um, Twiggy Forest or Andrew Forest had a big part in rapid rugby. What what becomes of rapid rugby? So far, no news um, on that one. Um, but my uh, my guess is that, um, well, one of the things that we are um, seeing from a um, uh, from a uh, obviously for the next year, these sides that we're talking about here are both putting in for 2022 because they know that travel is going to be an issue again next year, right? Uh, now, one of the things about global rapid rugby is that we'd had a set aside in Malaysia, um, China, uh, Hong Kong, Samoa. Fiji uh, and Australia. Clearly, that kind of competition is just not going to happen in 2021 because of the, because of the lack of travel. Um, and you've got to say, having never run a full season, will it be resurrected in 2022 if um, the um, Western Force are part of Super Rugby? Um, I would say probably not, because let's be honest, that um, whole competition was stood up to keep Western Force alive. And if the Western Force got another competition to be in, I can see him um, basically just uh, quietly forgetting about it. Unfortunately, yeah, I think I think rapid rugby will have a rapid evaporation of interest as well <laughs> with this whole situation because um, you know I, I I was I was having a good think about this whole global season and how to align everything. One option might be where they actually break up the season into two or maybe three segments where it's a it's a year round thing, um, and that will allow especially. Uh, some of the um, countries like Fiji, Samoa, to actually be able to field full-strength sides because that will then allow some of the clubs to um, release players for national duty and loan them. 
Um, so I think it's 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 worth world rugby pursuing and experimenting, and especially with the spanner of COVID nineteen coming into it, uh, that might actually give most of these teams from at risk countries a better chance of preparing in their what they call their bio bubble uh, to minimize the risk. So I think there's there's got to be a little bit of um, outside the box thinking. Yeah, gentlemen, because if they if they continue in this fashion, all it will take is one quick outbreak, and they'll pretty much, you know, kill it. And um, I, I really feel for Fiji because, uh, based on what John McKee's been saying, they've been preparing very, very well for this, and then bang, um, you know, five cases, semi rather the, the 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 highest profile uh, infection in camp, and uh, you know, it just causes chaos and throws everything right out of left field. Yeah, uh, Simon Hughes of the Western Force um, talk about using Global Rapid Rugby as a development league. Maybe they'll, yeah, maybe they'll play at the same. Maybe it'll move to that window at the same time as minus ten cup. I don't know, um, but I can't see them running it in uh, in the current window at the same time as Super Rugby, which is where it was going to be last time. Um, I could be wrong, but we'll have to wait. We'll have to wait and see um, as to what actually um, comes of that. As I say, I don't expect to see much of it next year. Um, I think it'll be twenty twenty two. If it does resurrect itself, because of the, just because of the, purely because of the amount of travel um, that is involved in um, in that one, um, the a couple of people in the live in the live chat have mentioned have, have sort of had concerns around the um, Moana Pacifica team, uh, particularly around its funding. Um, and I'll be honest, it's a bit difficult to find out anything about it. <laughs> I, I had a search earlier for it, and. Uh, there is a website called moanapacifica.com, um, but it is a, an education app on, on a phone. It's got nothing to do with the rugby team, um, which is not a good start. Uh, so as far as I can tell, they do not have a website, so you can't see who is involved. Uh, the New Zealand Players, Players Association is clearly uh, has, been a, has, has been an active backer of it. Now, quite if they are officially involved or just, um, uh, I don't know, there was talk of, counties Manukau providing coaching resources but when you look at the coaches that have been lined up for the game that's going to be played in two weekends time against um, the uh, New Zealand or uh, sorry the Maori All Blacks um, you'll see that it's um, Tano Omanga and Aaron Major who have got as far as I'm aware uh, obviously Tano Omanga used to have connect cap contacts with the counties Manukau but that's a long time ago now uh, and he's purely in the blues set up um, and Aaron Major I don't believe has, co has contacts with um uh, Kenny's uh, Manukau. He's still a he's still apparently living down in um, Dunedin, where obviously he's just um, finished up coaching for the Highlanders. So, um, interest, so it's it's difficult at the moment to understand kind of what's going on there. We've had um, various ex All Blacks or old All Blacks sort of uh, um, mention support and be apparently part of it, but having finding out anything about what they really are. Um, at the moment, it's very difficult, very very difficult to um, to do, as far as I can tell. Yeah, look, and if Moana Pacifica was serious, uh, you know, they based themselves in uh, Manukau, South Auckland, the heart of all Polynesian talent, the biggest catchment area, where uh, my club, Manukau Rovers, we have uh, nine schools in close vicinity of South Auckland to our club, supplying, um, uh, you know, a, a, a hotbed of talent, uh, large uh number of uh, you know, Polynesian Pacifica players um, and of course uh, same thing with the coaching base you know we have we have some quality uh, Polynesian coaches uh, in fact uh, 
uh, Manautai, who is head coach at uh, Paptui Rugby, uh, former Tongan international. And of course, uh, you know, our very own um, Auckland NPC, Maira 10 coach, Lama Eremea, um, and Philo Tiatia, you know, uh, proud All Blacks of Polynesian um, background. So, yeah, I think more, even more than um, counties, Manukau, or anywhere else, uh, a team like Mona Pacifica belong in South Auckland, in Manukau. I, I get that. I'm just saying at the moment, uh, it's what was the sort of rumours of, of what people are kind of going, oh, they'll probably play at Mount Smart. Uh, they'll, be, they'll be based in South Auckland. That, that, that's that's nice, but at the it's moment, very vague. It's very it's very vague and very vague. All of the announcements coming out of New Zealand rugby, they don't. As far as I can tell, they've not actually made their own announcement of anything yet. It's all uh, that, that New Zealand rugby has announced everything. So, do they even have their own spokesperson? Do they do they have any organisation at all, or is it or is it actually a New Zealand rugby team um, run? It, it's just unknown at the moment um, as to what uh, as, to, as to what their makeup is. Uh, and it's very, very vague, and um, who knows uh, at the moment. Now, look, it looks like they'll actually have a game in 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 uh, in about a week and a half. Uh, no, sorry, two and a half weeks' time, um, which um, is uh, a step above what um, Kanaloha Pacifica have managed because they've not managed to get they've not even managed to put a team together yet. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of team they can put together. It's going to come off the um, at a guess. Most of them will be. Minor 10 Cup players um, is, is my expectation, hence why it's being held the week after the Minor 10 Cup finals. Uh, and so most of, most of the players will come from there. Um, so um, it'll, be, it, uh, it'll be interesting to see where, uh, so, so you say, what, what, what side they put together for, for this one. Um, w- will that be any reflection of the side that will be actually happening in 2022? No, let's be honest. This will be a one-off um team but at least hey it'll prove they can actually put a team together and play a game which is a big which will be the st- the first stepping stone um when you look at the teams look at the other people uh people have been turned down china lions um actually put a side together and played a couple of games uh, and had the backing of um uh, bay of plenty uh so could have uh, could have played out of rotorua and taupo um you look at uh, asia dragons uh who took part in the um, the World Tennis Tournament in uh, Dubai recently have taken part in Global Rapid Rugby before, have a history of being able to put teams together um, and enter competitions. Um, so it's interesting that they've gone with a, uh, a group that, as far as I can tell, well, I don't know who the group is, but as far as I can tell, they've never actually put a team together before, never entered a competition before. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, obviously, we hope that they go well, right? Um, let's be blunt about this. Um, but um, let's just see how it's uh, how it all pans out. Yeah, well, who knows? They might be sponsored by cryptocurrency for all we know. So let's hope <laughs> that's the case. Let's hope that's not the case. They can actually put something viable and uh, yeah, be really um, intriguing for a better choice of words to see what happens next. May you live in interesting times, as they say. Um, Twenty twenty. There you go. <laughs> So, Stephen, uh, any any thoughts or, or, or final comments on, on on that before we uh, before we wrap up? No, no, not not at all. Um, just a quick thing I, I almost forgot to mention as well. I think they had the North Harbour Sevens 
uh, Club Sevens on the weekend, and that was taken out by Takapuna, so congratulations. And there was a Sevens tournament at Waitemata Park on uh, a Saturday as well, boy. Not 100% who took took out the final. Eden. Do you know who took The Costa out? Boys, featuring heavily, fresh off from some solid form, uh, the 85 Barbarians Championship. Boy, they were a handful. There's some really, really good games. Uh, you know, uh, my club, Monaco Rose, we had, a, we had a classic arm wrestle against Marist. It was a deadlock. 30 seconds into the final whistle, there's one slight knock-on. Ball gets scooped up. There's some really interesting, very entertaining rugby being played under the hot sun. Um, and I have to say, you know, the, the 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 faithful crowd who turned up, they were entertained. And it was it was it was it was a it was a, a breath of fresh air because most of these boys playing Premier uh, Rugby uh, due to COVID-19 didn't get a chance to do so. Um, and uh, you know, all the games were played in very good spirit, great camaraderie. Um, and um, yeah, it was uh, end-to-end action. Excellent work. <clears throat> cool. Um, so uh, uh, yeah, it is. It, yeah, it, the seventh season is going to be much shorter this year because there isn't any rep sevens going on um, due to uh, due to COVID. Um, but I think yeah, each of the provinces are hold, hosting their own uh, sevens uh, at the moment, or have or have just done so. Um, so yeah, do if you can get along to those. Those are good fun, good fun days out. Um, as well. Um, uh, it's interesting to see clubs advertising for coaches at the moment. Um, one of those is Waihi. So Waihi is looking for expressions of interest for uh, their A team and B team. Uh, if you fancy uh, coming over here and uh, coaching one of those teams, then uh, do give us a shout out. We know, um, we know an Englishman. We know an Englishman down that way. We know he doesn't know, doesn't, doesn't know the first thing about coaching as well. Um, the, um, <laughs> Um, but um, there is a certain um, Wayne Smith that is uh, associated with the club, um, and um, if uh, if he's not required in Japan, will be uh, apparently offering his services as an assistant or as a consultant. So hey, um, if you're if, if you're an up and coming coach and you fancy learning from one of the best, it could be a fantastic uh, opportunity um, wow. to be, uh, as, as, as well. Um, so. Uh, um, Yes, folks, uh, uh, lots of interesting things going on. I say this weekend we have the uh, Maya 10 Cup semi-finals. Myself and Stephen will be at Eden Park bringing you post-match um, reaction from that one, um, post-match interviews with the players um, and the coaches. Obviously, we also have that great warp game coming up between the Wallabies and the Pumas. Wow, how is that one going to go um, at the moment? It's probably the hardest game to pick this weekend um so uh, do join us um uh, so so we will be watching that one um as well have a uh, wonderful um, rest of your week folks and don't forget you can join me at 7 a.m every single morning for the morning sports briefing mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 